Support for INS Podcasts comes from BD, helping all people live healthy lives. Visit them at www.bd.com. Good afternoon. This is Jenny Strutman, the Director of Nursing for the Infusion Nurses Society. I have with me today Corey Bishop, and Corey has presented at our annual uh, meeting here in Florida. Um, The session she presented on was the role of the licensed practical vocational nurse in infusion therapy for long-term care. Corey's the National Director of Infusion Therapy at, uh, at Omnicare CVS Company, and I'm really welcome to have her here today. So, Corey, could you just tell me a little bit about your background? Um, yes. Well, thanks, Jenny. It's great to be here with you today, and um, it was pretty exciting to get an opportunity to speak to the membership about LPNs um, and their role in infusion therapy and skilled nursing facilities. Um, I started my career in acute care on a busy med surge floor at a really busy 400-bed hospital in Massachusetts many years ago. I transitioned to the IV team during my, my stay at the acute care hospital, and then I moved on to home infusion. I've also worked in home care, and prior to coming on board with Omnicare Pharmacies, I uh, worked as a long-term care director for, uh, of nursing for five years, and, and of course I've been with Omnicare for 16 years. That's great to hear. So, um, well, you know, Corey and I, we uh, we go, you know, a little bit back, as they say. Um, we've uh, collaborated um, with other organizations um, on, on this topic, on you know the the role of the uh, uh, licensed practical nurse in long term care. And you know, I just think uh, you know, as the years have gone by, yet here we are still having the same discussion. Yes. So, um, you know, so what for those that don't know, what exactly is the role of a nurse in a long term care facility? Well, the role of the LPN um, is. Is, is diverse. I mean, 50% of licensed staff in nursing facilities are LPNs. The other 50% RNs are largely in management roles, like they may be the DON or the assistant director of nursing, or they may be the staff educator or the MDS coordinator. So the LPN, in many instances, is the charge nurse. She's also she may be the nurse passing meds or providing all of the vascular access device care and maintenance. We think the INS organization is, is recognizing that LPNs are integral members of the healthcare team, um, you know, especially when we look at the new standards and their references to LPN, LVN education, competencies, etc. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, as, uh, with the education department within the Infusion Nurses Society, I know that, you know, one of the things that I want to look at as well as our education department is just that, is like, what can we do to support the role of the uh, LPN in long-term care? Um, but some, again, some folks might not really know what the difference is between an LPN and a registered nurse. It sounds like an LPN wears many, many hats. Um, but could you just, you know, maybe for those that don't know what the difference might be? Well, as I stated before, RNs in, in skilled nursing facilities are more likely to be in senior leadership roles, but the LPN or LVN may be the charge nurse, med nurse, or in many cases both. In most states, the major difference between the RN and the LPN is the ability to assess. Most states do not include assessment within the scope of practice for the LPN, although some states do allow LPNs to assess. So in the states where they're not allowed to assess, the LPN is simply collecting data and reporting changes, for example, changes of condition to either the RN or the physician or licensed independent practitioner. That's incredible because you had, you know, explained earlier that the role that an LPN could take in like a charge position, mm-hmm. and then you think that in perhaps some states they can't assess it. Might, it must put them in a very, you know, challenging and difficult position. 
I agree with you. I think it puts the LPN in a challenging and difficult position, but it also puts the RN in a challenging and difficult position when we look at um, the RN delegating the responsibility. Um, and one of the things I talked about in my talk yesterday is that the federal government only requires an RN to be in a building eight hours a day, seven days a week. Um, so the LPN may be staffing, maybe the only licensed nurse staffing that building um, for 16 hours a day. So the RN who is in a delegation role may be doing that from an off-site position. So they may be responsible for activities that are going on in a building and they're not even in the building. Wow, that's, that's incredible. And I guess as well as those types of challenges, um, I'm sure there's a lot of challenges just in, in getting IV education out to the LPN. Oh, um, lots of challenges yeah, with yeah. that. I guess, um, you know, and you're definitely in your role um, as the director of infusion nursing, um, you, you see those challenges. Yes. I don't know if you could share with us what some of those might be. Yeah, well, in my role as director of infusion nursing with Omnicare, um, the major um, service that we provide to our customers in skilled nursing facilities is IV education. Um, so it, many state nurse practice acts, or some, let me, let me go back and say, some nurse state practice acts require LPNs to have an organized infusion education program. But only about a third of them mandate the curriculum or outline what needs to be taught. Money is usually the issue um, for, for facilities, money, and staffing. Um, without clear mandates, the long-term care facilities differ in what they will pay for or send their nurses to. If the facility has to pay for education and then pay to send the nurse to class, and many times just replacing that nurse in their staffing pattern is problematic. It, it presents huge challenges for them. Wow. Another challenge is the LPN scope of practice. It varies from state to state. Um, there are many regional and national skilled nursing facility chains in this country that have skilled nursing facilities in multiple states. As they attempt to standardize their clinical capabilities, they have to look to the State Nurse Practice Act to make sure they have either adequate RN staff in the facility if the infusion therapy or task is outside the scope of the LPN or LVN mm -hmm. in their facilities, or they also, and they have to make sure that any licensed nurse has the appropriate education and competencies um, to provide that service to a prospective admission. Wow, wow. that's, uh, you know, that's quite a, a lot of challenges, I think, to, to have to <laughs> multiple address. Multiple challenges. Multiple challenges, yeah. you know, both yeah. from a financial, educational, staffing, um, you know, with the state boards of nursing, you know, yeah. the variances among them all. So, um, so I guess, you know, in closing, if you could get one message out about improving the provision of infusion therapy in the long-term care setting, what would that be? Oh, that's the easy question, Jenny. <laughs> I would plead <laughs> for improvement in the transition of process, uh, transition processes for patients with infusion therapy or vascular access needs across the continuum of care. So sort of stepping outside the SNF, poor transitions of care have been identified as one of the possible causes of negative clinical outcomes, increases in rehospitalization rates, and ultimately increase in healthcare spending. So we watch hospitals or other healthcare organizations develop transition to care task force or initiatives or, or teams to address, you know, how can they improve the transition to care? And I would ask that they all take a deeper dive and look at the transition to care process with vascular access, patients with vascular access needs or mm -hmm. infusion needs. 
Um, oftentimes when the patient arrives at a skilled nursing facility or even in the home care setting when they're discharged from acute care, the receiving caregiver doesn't have the information they need to appropriately care for that patient. Um, a lot of times the vascular access information is missing. Um, and what If they don't have the vascular access information on that patient, there may be a delay in care while they're trying to contact the referring institution for the information. If they can't reach anybody there or the, the person they reach at the hospital doesn't know anything about that patient, they may need to have, may need to call the physician to get orders for, if it's a PICC line, for example, a mobile, mobile chest x-ray to verify the line's in the right place. Um, they have to wait for mobile x-ray to show up, take the, mm. take the photo, uh, wait for the reading from the radiologist before they can even use that PICC line to infuse the prescribed medication. All of that costs the accepting in institution, and in this example, the SNF, it's going to cost some nursing time, money, and duplication of service, and delaying care. So if I could ask for one thing, I <laughs> challenge <ahead>. the membership <laughs> um, to make sure that infusion nurses are part of transition to care teams, transition to care initiatives, so that they can get the message out that the information about IVs and vascular access devices need to make it to the next provider of care. That would be my one wish. All right. Well, if I could grant wishes, I, I'll try to do what I can. But I think, you know, as the Infusion Nurse Society, as an organization that um, certainly having you come speak and do a podcast, um, we'll definitely support that initiative and try to get the word out and do what we can to support um, the LPNs because, obviously, as you've explained, they have such a, a vital role in delivery of patient care and, and positive patient outcomes. Yes, they do. And, so. and uh, we're very... Um, happy and proud to have them in healthcare. We understand uh, that they do play an integral role, but we want to make sure that we give them all the support they need to be successful in their role. Great. Well, I want to thank you again, Corey, for taking time out of our uh, annual meeting here in Florida to, uh, to share your passion with us regarding this topic. And um, this is Ginny Strutman from INS signing off here from our annual meeting in Florida. Thanks again.